Welcome to another edition of Hit the Lights Plus. It's myself and Pete again. Um, how are we doing, Pete? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad. So um, today it's going to be one of our another helpful episodes, if we can call them that, um, where we're going to be looking at probably quite an important issue for most people um, within their employment, and it's the old CVs, the curriculum vetoes. Have you had much dealings with writing a CV? I must admit, I did it at school with my, I don't know if you remember the old career professional planner pack you had to do. I didn't get one. <laughs> no. And uh, yeah, that's, um, that's as far as it's ever gone for me. I then went to work for my dad's cousin and then onwards me and dad started up and we're doing our own thing. So no, I have seen CVs, I've been given CVs, but I've never had to write my own. Fair enough. I mean, so in terms of my experiences with CVs, I've reviewed quite a lot at all levels, whether it's apprentices, electricians, chartered engineers. I've kind of looked across the broad spectrum. Um, Obviously, I've had my own CV and and that's been updated and progressed throughout the years. And I've kind of always tried to keep on top of it. Um, And I'm kind of consciously aware that at the moment there may be quite a lot of people out of work at the moment and looking for work and it's kind of putting this episode out there just to, to help um, if people are unsure of how to do a CV, what tips and tricks can help you get noticed um, and what people like myself might look at. I was going to say and it's probably useful for most people whether you're actually looking for employment or whether you're perhaps new to the industry and you haven't had to write one before. Yeah exactly that yeah. So I suppose the starting point for me is never using the, I'm going to say funny options, but the the other alternative layouts and borders and things that Word sometimes offer you. So, you know, if you go into like a Word document, it'll offer you, do you want to format it like this? Oh, and give you about, comes up. <laughs> yeah, but he's returned recently, hasn't he? So, yeah. Um, yeah so you get like a nice blue heading and it will say you know peter arrow cv in bold yellow lettering and, and that's and all, all that. it would say <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so my preference and i think generally most people who would review a cv in the industry would say don't use those um i think it's better to keep it as a plain word document that's formatted correctly in terms of your name um informat contact information and bits and pieces that you would kind of format in terms of a letter or or cv like that um so i i think giving it a basic word layout but well presented is the starting point for a cv for me so immediately looking at it then there'd be nothing to draw you in no i think what the drawing in is going to be essentially your opening paragraph because right. that's that's obviously the first thing that people are actually going to go to and read. Uh, if it's got a thousand pictures of screwdrivers around it, um, it's, it doesn't add any value and doesn't tell me anything about you as a person. And that, that this might just, I, you know, I can't say I'm speaking for everyone. I am just thinking and about um, what I like to see in a in a CV. So how would you format it? Would you just start it, obviously, CV, name of person, contact details, and then where would you go from there? So I would typically just start by putting personal attributes 
at the top. So I typically on, on my one, I have like a paragraph that says a little bit about myself, gives a little bit of detail about my background, where I've come from, um, about things like it, it can be soft skills that you bring to a role and things like that that aren't well, let's necessarily go from there then so yeah. for those that don't know what are soft skills um so it's probably not necessarily a skill but it would, i would include information like the fact that you've got a driving license um or particularly a clean driving license and and things like that um that you've got ms microsoft office skills um, yeah. you're, you're familiar with XY softwares that don't necessarily require formal training, but might be key to your role. Um, so if we're obviously talking about electricians now, yes, this would be stuff. That's where you put your IPATH, your PASMA, your health and safety, your ECS, your card and all that sort of bits and bobs. No. So I probably look at putting that slightly later and putting that under education and training. Right. So, so the, as an electrician, what would I put here? As an electrician, um, I would talk more about the soft skills you would use in terms of how you manage your installs, um, whether that's completing paperwork, documentation, um, you know, familiar with risk assessments, method statements, um, procedures, things that aren't formalised training that are a requirement for every job that you may apply for. But would you put something like I am fully versed with safe isolation procedures on a different installs, three phase, single phase? Yeah, I think I think I think you can. I think it's also important if you're going to put that information, think about the context of the job you're applying for as well. Don't kind of just think that one CV fits all. And unfortunately, I know that's probably not what most people want to hear. They want to have one CV and chuck it out. But tailoring your cvs to what the person is actually put in their spec or brief for the advertisement of that job um it can get you that little bit extra um, so if you're going for a specific job and you actually want it a generic cv isn't going to hit the points if you've done your research and someone's reading it it's what's going to give you the points above another candidate exactly and that's the key thing so in terms of we'll probably i'll follow on then so in terms of layout, I would say personal attributes, you know, clearly indicating I'm a hardworking, conscientious person. You know, it's those sorts of terminology that I'm really talking about. And then I would go into employment history. So I, I'm not looking, I would say you're not looking for a massive statement here about your employment history. I would like to just see key roles, timelines and, you know, uh, companies. And key information really there just to see where you've been what you've been so doing what what key information are you after well, like i just kind of said just the the role the title of that role um and the duration really whether you, where it was may 2016 to june 2019 what about responsibilities within that role so that i would probably capture a bit later under it okay. under experience but i would just this is it's just a very brief way of saying Here's what I've been doing for the last. So this is more bullet points you want, you know. Exactly. Company, job role, dates. Yes. I think I think that's a key part because then it leads on to more uh, information later in the CV. And I think if you were promoted through a company, say you went from an apprentice to an electrical supervisor, Mm -hmm. would you put them down as well? So I, I do believe in tailoring to the role. 
Um, and being an apprentice, it's one of those things. Yes, you've come through your training, your education. Um, but if you're, say, 10 years down the line from being an apprentice, there's not really much value in it. So I would include the timeline within the dates that you're putting, but only detail key roles, whether you're a supervisor, uh, an approved electrician, and keep those key milestones that are relevant to the role you're applying to. I don't really need to know what you did 15 years ago as an apprentice. No, but if you worked for someone for 10 years and in that time you went from an apprentice up to an electrical supervisor, would you somehow have to note that you haven't had 10 years electrical supervisor experience? Yeah, so that's where I would put the the timelines against each role. So if if, uh, so, if you were an apprentice, say 2008 till 2011, um, I would start the the role at that company or being at that company in 2008, but I wouldn't I wouldn't indicate a role of value until say supervisor in 2011 yeah. and, and start the timeline at that point as to the relevant responsibilities for the job you're applying for yeah no, fair enough and, and obviously the exception to that is you're newly out of your apprenticeship um you're going to have to include it and i want to see it i want to see that you've done the training and, and well you want to see you know if their time served or exactly hopefully they've had the appropriate training that's, yeah that's exactly it um so then I would go on to education and training, and that's where I would start formalising that aspect. And how detailed, how far would you go from that? Because obviously at the moment, everyone's encouraged to record CPD. And a lot of that is experience and training and qualifications. So would you keep it to the big boys, your city and guilds, your, you know, your IPAF, your PASMA and that sort of stuff? Or would you digress that further? No, so for for me, I want to keep it as succinct as possible. I do not want to be reading a list of all the CPD you've done um, that doesn't necessarily stop you performing your job. Um, That's all well and good. And I think you can, if you get to the stage of an interview, that's your opportunity to talk about it and how you go the step further that others might not. But certainly... um, Would it be worth noting somewhere that you carry out cpd and record because if perhaps someone said could we see it that might be a yeah i i think it's um it's key i think way i would probably look at that in terms of reflecting it back into a cv would be say you're you're professionally registered um with with the iet and you've got engtech ing cng whatever after your name there's a kind of prerequisite there, isn't there, about CPD already? There is, but all I'm saying is, is, let's say an apprentice, maybe they didn't quite finish it, they've come in for a role, but um, if they were coming in for a job and they've put on there somewhere saying that they are actively carrying out CPD, I like that. That makes me want to know more about them and think, well, actually, they've got the right attitude no I, I i agree i think it's it depends how long your list is so you know if you're a 15 year electrician and you're sticking on your ipath your pasma your health and safety your first aid i think you keep you wouldn't want a list that say went beyond more than 10 items and i think otherwise i'm going to be reading a list aren't i of yeah, all the things no. all the things so you've ever looked at and you'd hit the big boys and perhaps at the bottom of that list you could say there is others and a list can be provided at request or something. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with stating, you know, um, but I, I would even put that in your personal attributes. 
that that's a, a nice thing to put up front to tell them immediately about yourself that yeah. I actively go and do continual professional development um, outside of the formalized training that is needed to do my job. Required. Um, Exactly. And that's that's a great way to look at it. Um, the next way I thing I would do on a CV is then I would break it down into an experience category. And this is where you go into a bit more detail. Um, for me, I've done projects, things that I've done that tell the role, um, the value, particularly if you're going into like a, a management role or something where commercial is, is going to be looked at. Putting the value of a project can can add value to your CV. Um, and as well as the duties and things you achieved in that role for that project. And that's where I would probably say, if you can put three to five good examples, that should probably take up most of your your second page of your CV. Yeah, so within that, are you detailing roles and responsibilities you've had or particular circumstances and perhaps a little paragraph on how you've overcome a problem or? I would, I would still say, it's a paragraph that's limited to two or three sentences. I don't really want to be reading a great deal, but I would say it's key role and responsibilities and what you delivered very succinctly. Um, so we say, you know, I've supervised this where I had to undertake supervision of three electricians, two apprentices, um, carry out all the testing commissioning processes, following the design criteria, um, that's and it. oversee that's it. the emergency lighting commissioning uh, or something. Yeah, I wouldn't even say you need to add that. Just what you said there was probably a great, succinct couple of lines um, in a CV. And it's, right, here's the value, here it was. I suppose um, it's hitting the big points and then giving them something to talk about in the interview. Please tell us more about this. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to be asked more. That's that's the thing that you've got to re recognise, that if you're getting to an interview stage, they want to know a bit more about you. Um, yeah. So it's, ab it's about putting enough interest in there and enough reason for them to want to ask more um but yeah and then probably the, the final part of it um for me um is putting volunteering at the end i think that volunteering is such a a useful thing to put on a cv particularly you know it just shows you are willing to go above and beyond and help and it, it says a lot about you as a person if you do so undertake that. What sort that. of volunteering would be relevant for a job in the electrical industry? I think it's got to be relevant to the electrical industry. I think that's the nail on the head. So, so if you were, let's say, a PRA, a professional registration advisor for the IET, perhaps. Yes. Helping people with their EngTech, ING, ENG, or, you know, similar applications. Yeah, that's a that's an, an an easy one to kind of put on there. There might be some more obscure aspects of volunteering, whether you go to a local college. Well, that's um, what I was going to come to. So myself, I go down the local college and I help out. Exactly, and, and you know bits and bobs there. So that would be relevant because it shows a level of knowledge as well, really, doesn't it? It shows that you're experienced enough to undertake that role. Exactly, and I think that, I think that's a key thing. It, it's nice to see that there. Um, certainly from my point of view, if so that what person... So what if I was an apprentice coming into a job role and that? So, so I'm trying to hit some points in this voluntary role. What sort of areas could I hit then? In terms of volunteering? Yeah. I think you're probably going to struggle other than working for free and going around and getting experience. But then I would put that under experience, not well, volunteering. I've got one that I would like to hear in that I would be willing to work occasional weekends where required to help fulfill my job commitment or my job role. 
but you get paid, so it's not volunteering, is it? It is, because it's your time. You're expected to work, you know, your hours Monday to Friday. Uh, but that's, that, that would be a contractual requirement, I think. Um, no, all right, fair comment. I just know, you know, my time, that sometimes you say to someone, oh, would you mind coming in Saturday and help us out? I'll pay you and all the rest of it, or I'll give yeah. you another 20 quid a day or something if you come in. I think that's I think that's a it's a good point. I, I from an apprentice's point of view, I wouldn't put it under volunteering, but stipulating that you are flexible to work out of hours of you know outside of the contract hours, um, if needed, would be a good selling point for it's an apprentice. Something that's not expected of you, but you go above and beyond to do. So as an apprentice and anyone in you know trying to develop in their career, I always say you should push yourself to be at a level that when you ask for a pay rise or a promotion or something like that you're already sort of doing it yeah so they can't say no easily mm. so I, when i was an apprentice i know that i'd always make sure i go to the wholesalers i'd meet with the clients i'd make sure you know it was clean and tidy and i went above and beyond what was expected of me to then sort of show my willingness and my keenness and all the rest of it but it's trying to relay that back to a cv yeah, I think I think that's probably a, a nice nice point to put in your personal attributes um, that, that could quite easily succinctly fit in there. Um, I think one of the other key things as well we kind of glossed over is um, references. I think it's always good to get two references on. I think you obviously don't have to put the the details down, but when when somebody puts you know references on request, what's the chances I'm going to come to you? You know, you'd have to have an exceptional CV to not be confident enough to put your references on there. Um, yeah. And and that I think that says a lot to me if somebody hasn't put their references down. Would you think it would be good to perhaps put your college tutor down if, again, you were an apprentice moving in the industry because he can say, oh, you know, he, he's always keen in class and he does this and does that? To me, it screams, why can't they get an uh, – if they've been an apprentice for I don't know how many years, let's say – um why I'd say could, if they haven't if they are trying to get a job as we know so many people out there are yeah uh, i think i think i think you'd have you'd have to put down the best relationships relatable to your um the industry or, exactly yeah there's there's only so much you can do if you can only get one reference down and it's your college tutor then good I think that that's a good step uh, you know if this is a new person you frame, put a reference down it shows that you're trying Exactly, and I'd much rather be able to pick up a, and phone the uh, the college than um, than Not, no one at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are other things? I mean, we've kind of mentioned about um, one one thing. A lots and lots of uh, people always request is the cover covering letter. Ooh, um, go on, it. I know nothing about a covering letter. So, but basically, it's kind of summarizing yourself the role that you're applying for why you think you're um suitable for it i'm not the biggest fan of covering letters i think if you're gonna say it say it in your cv um yeah i'd rather someone put it in the cv so that i could then ask them about it in an interview exactly and i yeah it's a personal preference i'm not bothered by covering letters i don't ever plan on doing a covering letter um i think i've given you all the information in my cv if it's insufficient what does me ex you know extrapolating that out into another letter 
really yeah. add value to the, to the whole well, thing. You, you basically need to be hitting points that make people think, oh, I'd like to know more about that, or oh, that sounds good, or oh, they, you know, they're keen to do this. So when it comes to the interview, it's um, they're talking points, and it's you're selling yourself, and you're giving them the option to ask the questions, which yeah. you can then expand on down the line. Yeah, I think selling yourself is probably the key thing there. I think if you've, like we said earlier, if you're a, if you're professionally registered, if you've got post nominals, you know that you can add, put them on the header of your name. Um, it says a lot about you. Um, try to use keywords like developed, achieved, organized, um, led, managed. You know, it, it, those are all key fundamental words of of activities that might you might not be a manager. But you are managing an aspect of of the contract, the works, and within the remit of your role. Yeah, be um, it th- taking on an apprentice or organising materials or having to negotiate different terms because there's something different happened in the route or something like that. Exactly. It's all yeah. Part of that. Yeah, and I think probably the final the final key point for me is don't make it more than two pages. Yeah, clear and concise. Exactly. I've had few where they've listed every job role they've ever done um going back you know 15 plus years and i think you are not the same person now as you were 15 years ago so i don't want to see a cv that tells me what you did or and it's it's part of the reason why i said about you know not detailing the apprenticeship you're not the same person anymore. so would you like to see a full timeline or just the main points here because some people say oh i see you haven't put anything down here for these three years I think you, but then if if that question is asked, you can suitably answer it, can't you? Well, that was the period yes, of time. On a bit of paper before they know you, do you think that could reduce your likelihood of getting the interview? Because they think, oh, he's got a period where he didn't write anything down. Yes, I think it could. I think it depends on how far away that period of time was. Fair so if, it, I think if it's within, say, the five-year bracket, and it's still a real big chunk if it's, you know, 40, 50 percent of your career history. I think you, you need to be including that timeline. But well, what if you just put a header underneath it where it said showing all roles, uh, jobs relevant to the role I'm applying for? Um, you can do that. You can do that. I think that's all part of tailoring it um, yeah. for, for the job you're applying for. No. OK, well, the big one for me is. Don't over-exaggerate. Don't oversell yourself because you have to back it all up. You're best to be honest. Yes, you can dress it up and make it look pretty with your words and how you carry yourself. But ultimately, if you get asked to go into that interview room, you need to be able to back up what you've put. Yeah. And honesty, obviously, as we all have to work with each other, plays a large part, large role. Couldn't have said it better. Maybe that's probably a good point to end it there then. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. And uh, thanks for listening.